Mark My Words shares Mark Homer's contrarian views on investing, business, finance, economics, and all things money. Mark interviews the world's most successful business, finance, and money experts, as well as imparting his knowledge in a factual, direct, and no-nonsense manner. Welcome to Mark My Words. Hello, and welcome to Mark My Words. This is Mark Homer. I've got Dan Gannon here today with me. Um, Dan knows a hell of a lot about classic cars. Um, he's got sort of uh, quite a, a specific sort of band of knowledge. I'll, I'll let him sort of expand on that. Um, known Dan for, I don't know, about a year. Uh, when we started getting into looking at, at classic cars, uh, I've been around his sort of showroom a couple of times. And then he took Rob and I on a driving day couple of weeks ago at Silverstone uh, and he's, uh, he's, he's, he's pretty good around the track actually so that was um, that, that was quite beneficial for both of us. Um, so Dan welcome, welcome to the Thank show. Thank you very much for having me. Um, so I, I, just give me a little bit of background about what it is you do, um, the kind of stuff that you specialise in because you are quite specific in terms of your genre and your niche. Um, just just give us a flavour. Yeah. Well, we set up Car Iconics five years ago on the basis that cars from mid, the mid-80s through to mid-2005 sort of thing, that sort of era, were really um, at the height in terms of performance, but before they really got into too much electronics, too much mm. uh, computer wizardry and airbags and stuff, making them too heavy. So we really wanted to focus on cars that could deliver uh, not only a great drive, but also weren't hadn't fully appreciated yet and they might have had a future value you know uplift hence giving sort of a buyer a a bit of juice in there in terms of i don't know value lift so that's i don't know attractive to your your purchases maybe covers some of the cost of the maintenance yeah absolutely um and and of course it's just something they can enjoy um low interest rates bond yeah the bond yields just um just inverted I i don't know if you've seen that in the in the last um, just in the last sort of couple of weeks, yeah. um, you know, all that must because I mean, if I think back, maybe ten years ago, this market, or even fifteen years ago, this market, it, it really wasn't anywhere near as popular, was it? it, it it's grown a lot. Yeah, I think definitely um, over the last ten years, as you say, you know, money's never been cheaper than it is at the moment. Certainly, for the last five years, it's been very, very stable, and I think that's given the average Joe real confidence to think, well, I can actually borrow. Uh, 30 grand to buy a 50 grand car, you know, and, and put 20 in yourself. And um, and I know it's not going to jump massively. I know that it's going to be fairly sustainable because we've just seen that such a, you know, a stable period. Um, and that has definitely helped the classic car market in general. Um, people that are buying one million pound or half a million pound plus vehicles, they don't need finance. We When we sell vehicles at that level, it's paid cash. It's the, it's the 30 to 70,000 pound market that I think has really boosted the market. Yeah, so you've got a situation where someone with half a million or a million pounds, historically, they may have wanted to put that into the bank um, or maybe they'd have got a reasonable return, five or six percent, I don't know, um, a few years ago. uh, Maybe they'd have bought sort of government bonds or whatever. Um, But now they're getting one percent in the bank. Some bond yields are now negative. Um, So they sort of think, well, you know, I put the money in the bank, I'm getting pretty much zero, yeah. um, so I may as well put it in a car, 
uh, maybe it'll appreciate, maybe it won't, but at least I'll enjoy it along the way. Well, that's it. And I think the big, there's two things that really drive this. One is that, you know, these guys have fairly substantial portfolios when they've got a half million pounds sloshing around to buy something with, and they might have used all of their investment allowances already for that particular tax year. And that is a good place then to put half a million pounds. It's insured for mm. first for, for a starting point. Um, but the other, the other side of it is that we see cars now, especially at that level, it's, they're not really cars anymore. They're auto, it's automotive art. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the same as walking into a London gallery yeah. and spending half a million pounds on a Matisse or whatever yeah. it is. So I, I know what I would prefer to buy. Yeah. Well, one, there's <laughs> yeah. always the dream that you might drive it one day as well. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. You can go and you know look at it in the garage, not not see it on a piece of paper. Yeah. And actually, I've uh, as we've sort of gone along, you, you touched earlier on about the electronics and the airbags and all this sort of stuff. That's created a situation where. No one can really, or, or not many, as many people can work on cars now. The RAC come out if your car's broken down, and immediately, you know, eight times out of ten, they just look at it and say, nothing I can do, you know, it's going to have to be put on the computer, and they, they just take it in. A lot of this old stuff, whilst it's specialist, and I don't know, maybe you've got a Ferrari and something specific, you need, you need to take it to the, the specific place, actually you can't work on it. Yeah, they're not too complicated. Mm. The parts are very interchangeable, mm. you know, so you might find, I mean, Ferraris like your Testarossa, for example, yeah. you know, they have certain common faults. So once you know what those common faults are, it's fairly easy to, to, to you know, check the systems, uh, swap a part out for replacement, and, and yeah. nine times out of ten, it'll fire straight back up. Yeah. Okay, so the market's been moving. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's changed quite a lot, probably in the last couple of years. I, I mean, I've... I look at you know asset classes all the time. Um, watches seem to have been doing really well for mm-hmm. some reason, um, but over the last say year or two, there's a lot more opportunities with the classic cars. Um, you know, we, we we've touched on this. Um, weird actually, because you'd imagine that as gold started to go up mm-hmm. as it is, and 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 watches and and physical assets. The I don't know what art's doing, but but generally it's doing better because people are they're getting more nervous the next recession is closer yeah absolutely um, and 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 they probably lots of people would like their 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 money into to physical assets so what what's been happening generally in in the in your market, because it is niched, it's your your sort of eighties onwards, aren't you? Yeah, 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 we try to be. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, we end up being left field of that sometimes. Yeah. But, yeah. but if we look as a market as a whole, um, there's no doubt that five years ago um, there was a massive influx uh, in the market in terms of uh, new buyers yeah. um, and investment bonds and investment uh, houses in London trying to set up classic car funds, and yeah. and that definitely has. Um, inflated the prices. That's it. What yeah. we've seen in, over the last sort of three years is a steady um, reset of the market. I think is, yeah. is probably fair to say. And and the reason for that, in the main, is that that the, the you know if you look at take an example in 1989, Carrera 3.2. The very very good ones of those where they are few and far between because they suffered with corrosion and other things are still fetching very strong money you know and no less than they were and no less than they were yeah. for the right ones but it, you're talking it's that man yeah it's the top five yeah. percent slice yeah. of where the cars are cream. Yeah. yeah the absolute cream of the crop yeah. they're still at 
still what, affecting that money. And what does that mean? I know you've mentioned this before. It's mileage. You, you talk a lot yeah. about first paint. What, yeah. what, what else does that? So the things we would yeah. look for is obviously yeah. low ownership. Yeah. First paint, so original factory paintwork. Yeah. Um, you can measure that on paintwork. Yeah. Um, to a greater or lesser extent, you can't on on metalwork, I should say, but you can't yeah. on plastics. But plastics are really sort of allowed. Yeah. So you um, get your little measuring device out and, and, and check the depth of the paint. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. then of, of course you have to back that up with a with a visual inspection as well. Yeah. Um, but certainly um, that that's a major factor. Um, condition is clearly than generally mechanical condition. Yeah. But really, um, I think the main the main difference is, um, you know, talking about the top slice. Yeah. Those cars have maintained their values. Yeah. What we found from five years ago with all the invest investors and cheap money coming yeah. into the market yeah. is all the medium wave of yeah. mediocre stuff. Yeah. Got dragged up. Yes. Because there wasn't enough cars to yes. fill the demand. Yeah. And that is. Just Simple as, yeah. and I think what we've seen over the last three years, certainly last eighteen months, yeah. is that that middle swage of mediocrity yeah. has definitely died back. Has it? Yeah. yeah. And, and there's been a bigger disparity between that, the two ends of the market. That happens in every market mm. um, when you get this sort of boom, this whoosh. The the top end probably, you know, it maybe doesn't do as well as the sort of medium and, and some of the crap. Mm. Um, you know, I think of. You know, maybe sort of central London versus some of the suburbs, you know, in terms of property or, or maybe some of the watches, you know, you'd, you'd get the stuff that isn't really, really rare, but it starts going up a lot because the market's booming and it brings a whole new set of people in who haven't quite got the, the, the money for the top end stuff. Yeah. Um, but then when basically when the tide goes out, mm. um, it's that stuff that suffers uh, and Definitely. and the very the, the stuff right at the top which is in very short supply mm. the collectors around the world that yeah. have the money still want those cars yeah. they don't want the mediocre stuff yeah that's interesting so in terms of brand how mm -hmm. i mean is it is it different across brands in terms of say the last 3 years have some suffered more than others therefore is there more of an opportunity in some of those brands or is it model specific, or what, how, how does that go? Um, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Um, the I would say generally all brands have suffered the same. Yeah. You know, as a as a sweeping statement. Yeah. Um, the things that have changed are that uh, the things I've noticed. Aston Martins have had a real softening. You know, have they? this is a, all the way from DB5s yeah. towards the top of the market, yeah. all the way down to... What's a DB5 now? A DB5 is five to 600,000 for a very good one. Yeah. But, you know, Enough. 18 months ago, yeah, yeah. it was three quarters was to 850. Um, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of money. I wouldn't be happy with that. Yeah, no, yeah. No, it's a lot yeah, of money yeah, for yeah. Uh, an old tractor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't but they do words, look cool. But they are amazingly they beautiful cars. Very yeah. cool. They are. We, had, we had one. We were very lucky to own one when I was a kid. Did you feel like James Bond when you drove it? No, because most of the time it was at the side of the road waiting for the AA man. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, it wasn't yeah. the best experience. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah. So sorry, Aston's. So, have, um, so yeah, Aston's yeah. as a whole, as a whole, I think have softened. But yeah. going back to why that is, I actually look at think that if you look at modern Aston Martins, I could be very unpopular saying mm. this. Um, they are using their brand yeah. to to sell modern cars, which mm. have nothing to do with Aston Martin. Their Aston, yeah. their engines are now from Mercedes, yeah. um, and I think that that will really. Suffer. They've we'll watered it down, suffer. haven't yeah. they? It's naughty. Yeah, it's, it's no, but they'll suffer the consequences. There's no investment in the product. They're just selling the badge um, and using you know, a car yeah. of any real description to, yeah. to do that. And they all, all the models look the same. Yeah. Um, and I think if you look at 
brands like Ferrari, Porsche, they are still innovating yeah. um, at the highest level in yeah. their technology. Yeah. And that ultimately keeps the brand alive and keeps the, yeah. the following. Yeah. And that still trickles down to um, the popularity of the classic stuff. Yeah, it's interesting that I, a friend of mine went um, to look at, um, he wanted, look, he, he, deep down, he always wanted a, a new 911. Mm. He, he's, had, he's had them before. And he wanted a 992, the new one. And um, he went and tried it. And then he said, I'm, I'm going to go and have a look at, um, you know, the, the Aston. And um, he went and had a look at the DB11 uh, mm. and the new Vantage. And he just came out and he just said, I, I just can't believe how much better that Porsche is to drive. Yeah. Um, fit and finish, as we've discussed. Yeah. Uh, and he just said it was it was like the Mary Celeste in, in the dealership. You could see the, the salesman was pretty desperate. Uh, I, I don't get it. I, I don't, well, I, I suppose, I don't know, you get this a lot though in all sorts of industries. We were talking about the RAC earlier. That used to be a great service. Mm. Um, and Rob had an issue um, a week or two ago, maybe some of it self-inflicted, but um, <laughs> the jury's still out on that. Couldn't possibly say, um, could we? Yeah, but um, seven hours for the RAC to turn up. Mm. And, um, you know, the last couple of times that I've called them, it's, it's been similar. And you just have to think that the, there must be a lot less patrols. When you ring up, you, you're not talking to somebody who's trained to the same level or, or the same calibre. And when, when, when you sort of do a few Google searches, you notice private equity's got involved. It's been through two or three hands. And you, you just feel like they're squeezing the every last yeah. drop out of it. Mm. But to the sort of long-term detriment of the brand. And, well, that, that sums yeah. it up perfectly, yeah. um, without a doubt. Yeah. Okay, fine. So um, when we went to Silverstone last week and we, we went round in your RX-8, yeah. um, which was a lot of fun, actually. And um, it, it was great because we got to do it all day. And you sort of, uh, you know, you're, you're sitting there sort of, you know, pushing us on, on the right path and you get enough time and enough thought and, and sort of breaks between to, 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 to sort of improve. Um, you said to me, the best car in the world is a, and I'm going to get this right because I, I think I, I, I had it wrong earlier. It's an SL65 V12. Yeah. The, the, I don't know, R, which one is it? The It is the R230. R230. So that, that's a couple back, isn't it? It is a couple back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So tell, tell me, what's so good about that? Well, I'm slightly biased anyway, because yeah, I yeah. have an SL500 as a daily driver. <laughs> yeah, They're yeah. as cheap as chips, the 500s. But what every, sort of money is a 500? Well, I... Because I've been tempted, actually. Yeah, well, mine with, yeah. I bought mine with 60,000 miles on yeah. the clock for seven grand. It's cheap as chips. Uh, yeah. So it's ridiculous, yeah. but it's guilt-free. Are you, are you hearing it today? Yeah, we're hearing it today. Yeah, I want to um, have a look, actually. Yeah. I like them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I run yeah. them every day. It's guilt-free. Yeah. But every time you jump you in it... Know it the only thing is maintenance, and that's it. Yeah, well, pretty, a bit pretty of insurance much. and yeah, tax, yeah. but yeah. I think the thing yeah. is, you you know, you pay seven grand for it, and yeah. every time you drive it, you go, "This still feels like a ninety grand car." Does it's, it? It's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. it just makes me smile. Yeah, uh, and of course, <laughs> it's very that, inconspicuous. Yeah. Nobody, nobody minds you turning up in a fifteen-year-old no, Merc. No. Yeah. So, so first of all, I think that that car from Mercedes was owned by Chrysler at the time, yeah. was a massive statement in technology in yeah. terms of how their suspension systems worked. So it was Daimler Chrysler. At the time, then. okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so okay. things like they had hydraulic suspension. Did they? It was the first or one of the very first metal folding roofs, and, oh, and on the five hundred, it was hydraulic, was it? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was optional on most, on all the models. But was I think, it? Yeah. I think the uh, obviously the, the AMGs came with yeah. it as, as factory specs. Is that a bit like sort of air suspension on a Range Rover? Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 But it's basically a very, very 
uh, up-to-date version of the original uh, Citroen system. Oh, you know, is it? Hydraulic and air together. Is uh, it? It's quite impressive. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong, it's, it's expensive to run, and I when, when, when the dampers yeah, go, when it's, it goes wrong, yeah. it's almost yeah. as much as I paid for the car. Is it? <laughs> but but you've, got to, you know, you've got to ignore these yeah, small yeah, facts. Yeah, yeah. But Minor back, details. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. only here once, aren't you? So you've got to enjoy yourself. Yeah. But going back to the SL65 AMG, yeah. there were 80 UK right-hand drive cars made. Which is important. 80 is not many, is it? No, no. no. It's... it's pretty yeah. much as rare as any yeah. modern car gets because yeah. why would they make them otherwise yeah um and it was it was you know if, if a, at the time an sl55 amg yeah was the v8 supercharged yes. car they were about a hundred and ten thousand pounds yeah if you wanted an sl65 amg there was a fifty thousand pound premium was there so they oh, were, on a new car yeah, 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 yeah compared yeah. to yeah. the sl55 so Big they money that and they were really, four cylinders yeah. yeah they really were pitched as a yeah. totally different level yeah um and you know things like panoramic glass roofs mm. metal folding roof v12 6 liter twin turbo um, oh so it had a metal folding roof instead of canvas yeah oh i didn't realize that yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's one of the first cars to, d to do that properly was it i always thought um, it was slk yeah that's yeah. interesting so it yeah. started there well what yeah. it was certainly one of the very yeah, first yeah. okay yeah um but without a doubt they as a package you still drive them today and go yeah. this is amazing car regardless yeah. of price yes and now for you know a 605 horsepower 205 mile an hour convertible from 2005 it was faster 605 than, horsepower yeah. in the 90s and they were limited to 750 newton meters of torque restricted yeah because the back wheels would just be spinning yeah, right yeah. the gearboxes yeah. basically <laughs> um, so they yeah. just um you know even now that they were faster than the sls when the sls's came out it's bonkers isn't it um, yeah. and this is a car that you can waft downtown at 30 miles an hour yeah. does yeah. nearly 30 to the gallon on a run does it yeah if you'd not you know, yeah. hooning it, which Seems is you know, not the point really, is it? But, yeah. uh, Seems but you put your foot down and be doing fine. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and, and, and I think that as an ownership proposition, yeah. um, you know, 80 UK cars, a lot of those haven't survived, obviously, yeah. because they got into the wrong hands. Yeah. Um, if you can find a low mileage car with yeah. really good history, yeah. uh, it's well worth putting in the, uh, in the garage. What sort of money? Uh, the best ones are 60 to 65. Yeah. For, we've just sold a 19,000 mile car. Yeah. Um, car which is a, in a one-off colour which is a yeah. £25,000 option with Merc yeah. for 60k yeah um, that to me should be 160k yeah and yeah. it's ridiculous that it yeah. isn't yeah well that's great isn't it I, I there's a bit of me I mean I'm a, I'm a, I can't get away from this sort of fag butt mentality because I've always been a little bit like that there is a big attraction to the 7 grand 500 do yeah. you know what I mean I mean to yeah. me how is that not going to be 20 and 30 grand in years to come? Um, I think it will be. Yeah. Um, you know, all things being equal in terms of the yeah. environment and other pressures that we yeah. might face in the future. Um, it's hard to say. There's a lot of yeah. them made. Yeah. Um, so you are yeah, going to wait yeah. another 10 or 15 years and yeah. by that time, life's moved on. Of course it does. Um, so... Yeah, that's interesting. I there was a, a website. I had Quentin Wilson on mm -hmm. on this um, this show, and he gave me a really good um, website. It was if you type into Google, it's how many left? Yes. Have you, have you seen? Yes. Uh, how many do you think would pop up of those sixty fives now out of the eighty? Oh, it's hard to say. I would yeah. probably say sixty. Sixty. Sixty is a guess. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah. But um, it's, not, it's not many, is it? No. And interestingly, you're talking about right-hand drive there. Clearly, there's a lot more left-hand drive cars because mm -hmm. they're, they're German. Um, but when we've spoken previously, you've mentioned how important it is to 
you know, if you're having a collection, to have a good number of left-hand drive cars because they're sort of insulated in some way from, I don't know, issues in the UK, Brexit, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a, a wider market for them. Yeah, I yeah. think that's absolutely uh, summed it up really well. Yeah. We, we definitely look to have some left-hand drive cars in our yeah. collection. We, d- we actually do have. Um, and, and, and it's absolutely right. It's safety in numbers. It's a bit like currency. Yeah. You know, US dollar, biggest currency, yes. I guess, still. If yes. it's not the yen, um, one of the two. But even so, the no, two... US dollars still yeah, it, isn't it? Hasn't it? Yeah. The Europeans think the euro of it. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely it's not, not, is it? <laughs> so, um, you know, yeah. you look in safety in numbers, really. Yeah. If you look at all the markets that are left-hand drive, yeah. there's a lot of mature markets, yeah. obviously Germany, France, yeah. Italy, but, um, you know, also the, all of the states. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that certainly gives it some stability. Um, the other reason why left-hand drive, I think, is really important, yeah. especially for the European brands like yeah. Ferrari, Porsche, yes. BMW, yes. is they were designed to be left-hand drive. Yes. So one yeah. real idiosyncrasy is uh, Japan. Mm. So their right-hand drive market, if they are ordering a Ferrari or a Porsche, they will order it in left-hand drive. Mm. And that's because that's how it was designed to be. Yeah. It's less prevalent now with modern cars, where modern cars, they have some design features built in in case they need to be made in right-hand drive. But certainly, if you go back to anything pre-2000, left-hand drive was designed to be left-hand drive. So it's actually a better car. It's actually a better car, a better drive. Yeah. Gives normally, like if you take an M3 BMW from the 90s, I remember, I had one. Yeah, they yeah. actually give more power to left-hand drive because yeah. the, um, the exhaust manifold is the right yes. size and shape. Yeah, and everything was angled towards the driver. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, so, well, they flipped that bit over on that model, but yeah. it, there's a lot of things they can't, well, they didn't used to flip. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it, it's, it's a double-edged one, really. Yeah. Okay, fine. So if you could take all the models, all the brands, you know, Clearly this moves, but you know, knowing what you know has happened in the last sort of three years, what do you think the best model for investment is right now? It's very difficult to say. I wish mm. I had a crystal ball mm. or I could hit rewind and yeah. do it again, but... Me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think you've got to, you've got to look at um, history, yeah. what models have done really well. Yeah. So... Um, uh, things like uh, Daytonas, yeah, um, and some of the um, some of the other very rare Porsches, yeah, you know the GT twos, like nine nine three GT twos, for example, went from being sort of fairly normal, yeah, money to two million quid. Did they? Yeah, and and that's um, the sort are of they thing. that sort of thing now? Or? Yeah, they yeah. are absolutely. Yeah. You know, if you want a GT two Evo or something like that, they're 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 in the two million pound mark. Yeah. Um. So I think that if you can find things like um. Nine, uh, I'm just trying to think. Difficult to think, really. The, I mean, like that Mercedes we were talking about earlier, yeah. SL65. Yeah. They they have the absolute all the fundamentals there. Yeah. To go from being worth sixty to one hundred and sixty. Yeah. Or even more. Yeah. When you look at how special they were as yes. a model and an engine. Yeah. Um, and some of the Ferraris again. You know, I think the modern stuff is more tricky. Yeah. You can look at the, the four, five, eight. Yeah, um, and, and and I think there's a lot of them made, and then the special editions of those vehicles. Yeah, they're they're massively inflated. They're three hundred and fifty thousand. Money, aren't they? A lot of money for an a Speciale or an Aperta. Yeah, for a Speciale yeah. or something like that. You yeah, know, they're, they're they're a lot I mean, of money. Aperta's a six seven hundred, aren't yeah. they? Four five oh, eight. It's just madness. Um, which amazing for those that have bought them, you know, new from the dealership. At, yeah. I don't know what they were, maybe three hundred or whatever. But yeah. um, that's right. Got to be. 
got to be high voltage yeah. paying six or seven hundred for one of those. Yeah, I, yeah. I just think you're you know, signing somebody else a check for 300 grand personally and, yeah. and saying goodbye to it. Yeah. I could be totally wrong. Well, 911R. Yeah, well, exactly. Uh, they went up to what, seven or eight hundred thousand? Yeah, and what are they now? Yeah, sort of. 200, 250? Yeah, you wouldn't want to be that person, would you? <laughs> no. And, that's, and I think that's the one thing, the word of caution with this is to stay yeah. away from the, the fads, the fashions. Yeah. It's very easy to, mm. to listen to Porsche marketing and go, this oh, is yeah. going to be the last. Manual. manual they love that. gt3 yeah, 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 styled yeah, yeah. car yeah, yeah. Um, and then the next minute they've released mm. the new one yeah. with a seven speed manual yeah. and um and you the know, carbon fiber in a slightly different place yeah and all of a sudden yeah. you've lost 400 grand yeah and uh, so i think you definitely stay away from that i would definitely look at cars that are off the radar i mean yeah. one of the cars that we've actually bought personally ourselves which probably answers your question perfectly yeah. and going back to the daytona point yeah. we've bought what's called a ferrari 575 hgtc which i've Scene, I yes, think. I think. Is that the one I've seen? seen? Yeah. 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 So slight slightly less loved, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Which is the, Interesting, what, the, yeah. the road you're sort of this is what you're talking about. Yeah, I yeah. think if you're gonna find something that has the potential to have a step change in value, yeah. it can't be popular yet. Yeah. Because otherwise they'd already be there, yeah. wouldn't they? Yeah. So when you look at the HGTC five seven five, there yeah. are ninety eight factory built cars yeah. in in left hand drive. Yeah. Um they were actually faster around the Fiorano test track at the time yeah. with Schumacher driving than yeah. the 360 Challenge Shadali which was oh, really? a track well, car. Well was a quick thing wasn't it? Yeah. And Small V8. Yeah. yeah. And these yeah. were two ton GT cars. Oh, huge. So yeah. carbon ceramic straight off the Enzo. Were they? The first production Ferrari to do 200 miles an hour. Bloody hell. Um, yeah. And there's and 98 it, of them. And came from the 550 Maranello my sort of I remember when I was in my early teens, I'd look at that and I'd just go straight to the back of what car and just go, what's the highest top speed? And it was always the 550 Maranello, yeah. which that was derived from. And I think yeah. they'll go down in history as one of the most beautiful yeah. Ferraris ever made. Yeah, they look cool, don't uh, they? And the, the last of the cars that were really built properly, fantastic yeah. build quality inside as well. Yeah. You um, had a prototype as well, didn't you? Yeah, we were very fortunate to yeah. be um, asked a broker yeah. Michael Schumacher's development mule yes. HGTC, yes. Um, which actually, you know, when we've done all the research, even the brake discs on that car, well, I still have the Enzo production numbers on them. Wow. Whereas the yeah. road-going production yeah. HGTC has yeah. their own part number. So yeah. it's all that sort of stuff that we we really get our yeah. teeth into. And have you still got? Is that gone or you still it's, got it? It's sold, but it's in storage with us. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. So, so we get still to, got it. Yeah, yeah, we get to still pet it. Yeah, yeah it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe you'll sell it again at some point. Yeah. I'm sure we will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so I think probably if if I was going if I had sort of sensible money 150 to 175 thousand pounds to spend i think you'd be well placed to put it in something like that yeah okay that's interesting um i you've got to love what you buy as well yeah uh, and that sort of insulates you from maybe not having amazing investment returns or or, or maybe it dropping a bit or, or, or having a big maintenance bill um actually we've been quite lucky with the testosterone so far um but um i i I, I just can't I look at those Porsche 356s mm-hmm. um, and I just think they look unbelievable um, and um, I, I just can't see how that how people wouldn't want those forever mm. um, yeah how much is one of those and are they a good thing it, it, they range massively in value from sort of 70,000 up to 350,000 depending on the model oh okay and yeah condition yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean that's, if you want a super 90 they're yeah. at the upper end of that yeah. price point um, for me um, I, I personally dislike them and I know I might be very unpopular yeah. saying that they are very beautiful yeah but for me 
when I look at it, I just go, it's a Beetle with the Porsche body on it. Yeah. And it was before the 9-11 really had some time to develop and, and, was it? and yeah, uh, to yeah. really I've never driven one. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I probably wouldn't meet your hero on this really? occasion. Yeah, yeah. 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 Not, not Michael Petit at all, I'm That's afraid. That's a bit annoying. But, but they yeah. are very beautiful. Yeah. And it, it's probably the sort of thing that if you have in your garage and you potter down the bakery on yeah. a Sunday morning, it's probably quite nice. Yeah. But that's not really what I want from a, no. a classic car. I mean, I thanks for your honesty, Dan. I, I, I've also seen a few replicas, mm. um, which, of course, you know, it, it, that's a different thing, but they look bloody cool. Um, and I must say I'm tempted just for that sort of Sunday morning, uh, yeah. Well, I definitely think that a replica is the way to go. Yeah. You know, those cars are of an age now where people know what they're worth. Yeah. They're probably going to be very stagnant. Yes. And also the era of person that's really passionate about that sort of car yeah. and this even goes for obviously the vintage stuff as well the yeah. you know the post-war era of cars people are getting a bit old to drive them you know the modern okay. generation they've not got the driving skills for manual gearboxes no. so i think that well, they're I not can, double d clutching and, yeah and, they and, haven't got the mechanical sympathy I suppose. exactly and even yeah. you know you ask a modern you know teenager yeah what a choke is yes wouldn't have a clue yeah so i think there's a real there's going to be a trend for some of that older stuff to tail back and, Do you think? and that's yeah. why we focus on the 80s, 90s, mm. 2000s stuff. That's interesting. I like Pagodas as well. Mm. Um, I still haven't bought one. Um, but um, yeah, I just love the shape. Yeah. Um, just seem very stagnant. Well, reason. I suppose they've come off a little bit yeah. sort of in the last three years. But yeah, seem to hang around as well when I look at them. They, they just, I don't know. I think there's the pagoda market's a really interesting one because yeah. they are so beautiful. Yeah, um, they've been restored to death by okay. by lots and lots of specialists. Yeah, it's very important to make sure that you buy a car that's been restored by the right company. Yeah, there are some. They're not the easiest things in the world yeah. to restore, yeah. and there are some finer details that yeah. need to be attended to if you're going to buy one. Yeah, um, if you can find again, maybe in that scenario, a right-hand yeah. drive car would be. Yeah. A good idea because yeah. there's not many of them. Yeah. There's a lot of left-hand drive yeah. to ATSLs. Not the California spec, sort of. Yeah. yeah, I think I'd try and find an original UK car. Yeah. I mean, obviously, my preference would always be to find an unrestored car. Yeah. So find one that's really, really good. Yeah. Um, and pay a premium for it. Yeah. Um, what's a premium? What, what's one of those? Um, right I think thing? a good UK car that's been unrestored is yeah. sort of one thirty to one fifty. Yes, that's enough, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I think if you want to, you know, obviously you can buy a, a left-hand drive Californian car for fifty to seventy yes. in good condition. Yes. But it's not the same thing. It yeah. won't feel as yeah. special as a UK right-hand drive one yeah. because of the numbers. Yeah. And it's about that ownership enjoyment. Yeah. Of and having and how special. many of them there are? How how yeah. sort of restricted it is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, um, Rob and I bought a Testarossa. Um, I, I know you had a, a 512 in at the time, which of which there are much sort of lower numbers. Um, we, we got this thing. It, it, I, I think we probably had it a year. It's been pretty good. Uh, I think we had... Um, actually, Rob's had a few issues with his cars in, in the last few weeks. He's had... I think he had three blow-up in, in about four days, all off the road, and he rang me up and he said... He said, Mark, um, I'm, I'm running a family of four on a 1987 Ferrari Testarossa at the moment. Um, things, are, things are getting tough. Um, <laughs> First world problem. Have you, yeah, yeah. Have, you, have you got a, I don't know, a number for a car hire company, this sort of thing? And then the next day, uh, he, he, he sort of rang up and said, I've, I've just gone to Costa Coffee and, um, and, and the Testarossa's blown up. Starter motor, pretty, pretty minor. And I think they're, they're sorting it now. 
What's going to happen with something like that? Uh, you know, in, in the last year, it's probably, I don't know, not, not moved that much. Um, are you better off with a 512? Um, t tell me about that for the Testarossa 512 market. This is where my passion for driving comes in and, yeah. and how we relate that to what we would buy. Yes. Um, the early Testarossas are... Hard work. Iconic in terms of their design, mm. um, but fundamentally weren't very good cars. Yeah. Uh, Centre of gravity at the rear end was far too high. Yeah. The brakes were virtually non-existent. Yeah. They weren't particularly fast. Yeah. Um, and when you look at the length of the lifespan between the very early Monospecchio, yes. Monodada... And the Monospecchio is the one with the mirror that's 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 high. Yeah, the yeah. single flying wing mirror. Yeah. single mirror. Yeah. 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 Uh, and the centre lock wheels, which are the really early cars. Yeah. Um, and you look at all the way through the lifespan that they went through to the 512TR yes. right at the end which yeah. was a bigger displacement yes. the engine was relocated and the gearbox moved out of the way so it could sit much lower yeah. it had really fantastic brakes yes. a lot more powerful yeah. um, I would be looking at a 512TR yeah. um, purely because ultimately I think that uh, there are some exceptions to this in, because some designs have been sensational yeah. um, generally speaking if a car drives fantastically well, yeah. it will always have a following. Yes. I think some of the early Testarossas, there were quite a lot of them. Yeah. And um, and how many people? How, how many earlier Testarossas, roughly? Oh, I just I just couldn't tell you. I off mean, the top I looked of my head. at the production, and it was it was obviously. Oh, sorry, on how many are the left or whatever? Yeah. It, I think it was sort of several thousand. Yeah. Well, I yeah. was I was going to hazard a guess yeah. at a couple of thousand UK yeah, yeah, cars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, five and two TRs were substantially less than that. Yes. Um, and uh, again, that because they're that much newer, yeah. it's easy to find one in very original yeah. condition. Okay, so um, what sort of money is a 512 TR? A 512 TR, we've just sold a 7,000 mile car. Yes. All factory paint, which yeah. is very, very unusual for a Ferrari. Yeah. Uh, and we've sold that for £160,000. Okay, fine. And a, a sort of a Testarossa earlier, you know... Uh, I think 100k is probably yeah. 110 k. Would we give 105? For yeah, so similar. Sort of, yeah. So I think that's yeah. it's the sort of money. Um, yeah. And and are they relatively stable or are they? Yeah, I think that they have. They're definitely going through a soft patch. Yeah. That being said, this is a bit of a fashion that 18 months ago, when you were looking to buy one, yeah. they were very very popular. Yes. And were carrying more of a premium. Yeah. Yeah. So there is this sort of very fickle aspect to the market at the mm. moment where one minute things are in fashion yeah. and then the next minute they're not but yeah. I think generally speaking they're stable where they are yeah. at the moment yeah. um, and yeah I don't really see them being a fantastic opportunity for growth yeah. I think that they're a very usable classic that looks fantastic yeah that's why we bought that it looks great if I'm honest it's, it's hard work yeah. um, but if I'm really honest I find a lot of the old stuff hard work so I I sort of think to myself, well, most of them are like that, so I may as well get something that looks great because yeah. as soon as I get in my modern car, it's it's so much infinitely better than most of the classics just because the technology's moved on. From a personal point of view, it, it, it sort of doesn't make as much difference. Mm. But, of course, it, it, you know, it just depends. I mean, some, some stuff's great. I, I hired a 190 SL um in <laughs> in um, on the south on the in the south of france a couple of years ago that was good fun yeah um but god yeah hard in work incredibly slow as well yeah really slow and yeah. and sort of dived and you know and um scuttle shake yeah and, rough, and the heavy yeah. steering and uh, like the testarossa is really i suppose you get power steering they're sort of a bit better but 
I suppose it depends, depends what it is, doesn't it? I suppose you're into the sort of stuff that you're doing, you're into a lot easier sort of driving, aren't you? Sort of 80s onwards. I mean, the 60s stuff is much harder work. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, there's definitely, yeah. definitely cars took a massive leap forward from the late 70s through yeah. to, the, to the late. 80s for example yeah. where you know introduction of power steering yes. ABS yes. you know proper braking Servos. systems and everything yeah. else you know a massive difference yeah. there's no doubt that those older cars to drive are great fun for a short period of time yeah. and that's why you have them because they for take the summer yeah yeah for <laughs> that's the summer. how I view it yeah, and, and f- then I just put it in the garage and for yeah. an hour at a time that's it you know, that's you're exactly not, it if you're yeah. going to drive it to the north of Scotland through no, the traffic no, on the no, M6 no, no. You'll, um, yeah. you know, you'll have leg ache you'll hate it yeah. and, <laughs> and that's how I view it and, and I don't take it out when I've got to be somewhere you know or I'm, I'm even slightly stressed or, or whatever it, yeah. it, it's sort of minute to turn the thing round and yeah. you know it's a six point turn instead of a three point turn you know it, 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 you've got to have that mindset with and them. you don't have to go to the gym because yeah. you know with no power steering yes. it's a workout at the same time you've yeah. just got to look for the you know the silver linings in these things you have yeah. you have and um yeah and, and there are silver linings i mean you know if we think about uh, road tax mm-hmm. what is it after 30 or 40 years yeah it's nil nil it? yeah is it is it uh is it 30 or 40 uh as is just outside what are we 87 97 07 7 it's 40 years yeah, isn't it yeah the uh no mot yep uh, after 40 or 40 years or older no capital gains tax absolutely yeah uh at all on any of them no nope. dependent regardless of age and if you can garage it, the insurance can be really cheap. Yeah. Um, sort of 500 quid, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's not expensive. Yeah. Going back to the investment point yeah. and, and, and taxation, yeah. um, it's an interesting point. A yeah. lot of people have this sort of uh, idea in their minds that you can trade up to seven cars a yeah, year yeah. personally. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's actually yeah. totally fictitious. Yeah. Yeah. It's a general rule of thumb if the DVLA or the government can't, can't Yes. really catch you on yeah. something else yeah. but but in 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 reality even with one car if yeah. they, if they can prove that you've bought it and sold it for financial gain yes. it is taxable yeah that's um, like a house it's the same it's the same sort of thing moving from from sort of capital holding to trading hmm. um, i've heard that oh if you you have this many or, or whatever yeah. it isn't it's not that simple as as with a lot of things with tax it is greater yeah sorry but, go on yeah no i think the the, the way that we view it uh, and we've known of several yeah. sort of fairly high profile cases the thing that the way to safeguard yourself against yeah. a real proper investigation mm. is if you buy a classic car insure it for road use okay interesting bc yeah. driving it you yeah. know take a photo of yourself at the local car yeah. show you're enjoying it S- yeah. service it yeah and prove that it is being used as a road vehicle yes and therefore it still falls into that depreciating yeah. asset class so critically the intention was yeah. to use it and and it wasn't yeah. just bought for financial gain yeah exactly yeah yeah interesting and in terms of i mean the big cost i suppose is maintenance really mm. um what stuff is 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 cheaper? What's more expensive? What what, what what's really going to sort of sting you? What? Well, it might surprise yeah. you to hear me say this, but the most cost-effective cars we've ever had are Ferraris. Yeah, which which is a, a, a bizarre thought. Yeah. Um. But but actually, the four five eight we had was similar. It was great. Yeah. Um. And the Lamborghini we've got now is uh, quite different. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I can, no, no. Yeah. I can well imagine. I can well imagine. <laughs> yeah. I've not yeah. owned a Lamborghini yet, so I'll yeah. save that for a later <laughs> date. But uh, yeah. I'll, I'll take your the word for it. The difference between V10 and V12 in terms yeah. of cost is is 
Yeah, or, or should I say a V8 Ferrari yeah. versus a V12 Lamborghini, I'd say the maintenance is double, Yeah, more than double. And I think Sorry, it's yeah. also what happens when they go wrong. Yeah. You know, we generally have very few issues with any of the Ferraris we've had yeah. in stock or any that we've owned. Mm. I don't think we've had one major bill. Mm. Um, if you look at some of the Porsches... Yeah, um, which, we, which is sort of, you know, the, the opposite of what someone like me and, and yeah. most people would would think yeah. yeah I mean I think that the Porsches have suffered terribly over the last 15 years with, yeah. with various engine problems and design flaws yeah. fire issues yeah um, and I just don't have I just haven't seen that with Ferrari no um, but that's 15 years uh, the newer stuff in terms of Porsches yeah. probably not the stuff you're trading so much well I think uh, no generally speaking the older stuff is pretty good yeah um, but certainly I think Porsche went through a cost engineering exercise yeah. in the early 2000s yeah. which didn't pay them any no. dividends in the end of the day and also did a lot of damage to the brand yeah. um, but I've you know Ferraris if you look at I don't think on the 355 Ferrari have ever had an engine failure really through road use I mean obviously mm. if you race them yeah, and you know yeah. they get stressed different, yeah. in different places but yeah. um, you know they really are mm. bulletproof vehicles obviously some ancillary items have issues you know alarms yeah. silly little things yeah but electronics but, <clears throat> we had a, a 430 and it was just constantly the electronics and the whatever was all you know there was always something like that going wrong with it yeah and it felt a bit fiatish inside yeah but actually the and the gearbox no we did have to have a couple of gears put on it yeah. but yeah but it was done yeah i reckon it'd done fifty thousand miles and for yeah. a ferrari you know yeah it's not bad is it yeah yeah so no i think that generally speaking the, the major brands are not too bad you yeah. get you do get some big bills with the lights of porsche if you if you're unlucky yeah that's interesting because I've got a, a, a modern and 991, mm. and I've just had, you know, I've had a few bits like, um, I don't know, the, 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 the blower, you know, stopped working a couple of times in the winter, which actually puts the car off the road because you can't clear the screen. Yeah. Uh, and I couldn't fill it up, you know, the, um, the servo in the, the, the filler cap locked. Uh, and a couple of other sort of little things like that, light mm. on Other than that, it's been really good. And I just service it every two years because that's the the sort of program mm. um yeah so um any any stuff to sort of avoid i know you we, we mentioned sort of lotuses uh, maybe um you're not so keen on some of the modern astons other stuff that's not good for investment really yeah i, I think that the the smaller brands like lotus and yeah. are, are difficult because they have such a, a finite following yeah you know everybody recognises and respects Lotus but the people that are willing to actually buy one and own one are pretty few and far between mm. um, the more modern Lotus is the, the new uh, Exige S supercharged cars yeah. fantastic product yeah. but even things like that don't have the R&D of the big boys like Porsche yeah. or Ferrari mm. and I've heard you know I actually looked at buying one as a track car yeah. uh, only six months ago and I've had several friends say well you know where the the gearbox is so close to the exhaust manifold that when mm. you drive them on track, it boils the gearbox oh, fluid and wrecks nice. the gearbox. So, oh, good, yeah. you know, so it's that yeah. sort of stuff which you wouldn't yeah. expect from you know, a major manufacturer. Yeah. So I think anything like that um, for road use is okay yeah. um, and will be a nice place to be, a nice yeah. thing to drive and yeah. a good ownership proposition. Yeah. But in terms of um, you know, real usability, certainly if you're like me, you like your track work and stuff, you've got to go with something like a BMW which has been tested to within an inch of its life yeah. and they throw millions and millions and millions at yeah. R&D um, or, or Porsche or Ferrari really yeah yeah interesting and Lamborghini for investment sort of any any older stuff which is good or is it generally yeah. not <clears throat> yeah the older stuff definitely I mean obviously you know you can go all the way up to the lights of the Miura mm. and again you're talking for the right model 
couple of million quid. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, some of the very late count ashes are absolutely fantastic. Are they? And again, yeah. you know, not not very good to drive. They are a real shed on wheels. They look like it, but, yeah. but going back to the testosterone yeah. thing, it's that yeah. 80s yeah. visual attack that yeah. you get when you look at it. Uh, we all had them on the wall. Yeah, exactly yeah. that. Um, and and that, that, takes, um, that takes some beating. Yeah, yeah. Dan, it's been insightful. Uh, I've learned lots again, uh, as, as I always do when I speak to you. Um, how can people find out more about what you do? I know you've you've got quite a lot of stock, haven't mm-hmm. you? You 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 have this stuff. It's physical. People can look at it. They can sort of touch it and feel it. Maybe not too many finger marks. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, how can people find out more? So if you want to have a look at our website, it's www.cariconics.com. And it's it's a family-run business, myself and my father, Stephen. Um, And we open 24-7 by appointment. The phone's always on. um, And we are always delighted to hear from people. So uh, we also have uh, a Facebook page, Car Car Iconics, and and Instagram as well, Car, I think, underscore Iconics. But but type it in and it'll come up. So what sort of stuff have you got in stock at the moment? Uh, Everything from... um, Vanquish S yeah. uh, 6 litre manual one yeah. of the fa- factory converted cars yeah. really really rare yeah. superb condition um, and we range from anything from sort of 400,000 down yeah. to the sort of 50,000 yeah. um, so we have also have um, 996 Carrera 4S in fantastic yeah. condition that's actually only 30,000 yeah. um, and we've got a Porsche 944 Turbo Cup car one yeah. of 101 factory built race cars Brilliant. again yeah. that's another car that as an investment, yeah. If you compare a nine six four cup car at three hundred thousand, yeah. yeah, this car's ninety thousand, mm. and they're faster, yeah, better in virtually every way than a yeah. nine eleven, yeah. Um, so, so that's a, that, that's the sort of stuff we have in it. We do a lot of homologation race cars, yeah. specials, factory original yeah. works cars. And you've got a load of stuff out the back in storage as well, which I always find quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's almost more interesting yeah. because you, there's all sorts <laughs> of weird and wonderful stuff in there that people have squirrelled away. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Great, Dan. I appreciate it. Dan Gannon, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. You are welcome. That has been Mark Homer for Mark My Words. <laughs>